Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with Jun Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope that you're doing better than you were yesterday evening. Hopefully you recovered. No Andy today, which I'm assuming is probably a good thing for his mental health. However, uh, we decided to bring and drag somebody else down alongside with us. Fat Totti is back. Luke is here. Luke, I, I, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to say, I, listen, I, I think matches like this, and I know some people are, are, aren't going to enjoy me saying this. They're going to say maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe they're saying going to think I'm too negative. But it, it's matches like this where I think Roma really gets brought back down to earth. And this is something that this happens so consistently. And I think moments like this really serve as a reminder and it, it, it happens in Rome it happens abroad uh, North America South America wherever you're from I think there are moments where people tend to hold Roma in a much higher regard than what they actually are uh, you know the, putting them alongside the likes of you know what well, we can challenge Juve Inter so on and so forth and I have to tell you it, it's matches like yesterday's that really bring you back down to earth. And they really they really do sort of echo what we've heard. However old you are, you've probably heard it your entire life. No, or I, I guess I should say no matter how old you how old you are and how long you've been following Roma, you've probably heard the same things said about the environment year after year after year. And um it 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 just serves as a reminder that you know, Roma it's not Juve. It's not. It's not Milan. It's not Inter. We have to accept, especially moments like this, that Roma just isn't that, isn't at that level big of a club. And there's a lot of reasons that we're going to get into why that is. The motive, not the motives, but the the main culprits behind that. But I think from yesterday. There's obviously nothing we're going to draw from it from an individual standpoint. For me, it all comes down to this is something like yesterday is a result that's greater than the individual parts. It has a much bigger, there's a much bigger picture behind all of this. Is that how you're feeling too? Like there's no, I mean, it seems so pointless for you and I to sit here and break down. Oh, well, Smalling really got his positioning wrong on that goal early in the second half, even though we've seen that goal a million times. that In fact, that looked like identical to the one that was scored by Atalanta for their third or fourth. But to me, I, I feel like breaking down individual 
points today completely misses the point. If anything, I'm drawing huge conclusions. And people will say after a result like yesterday's, you can't overreact. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I've been doing this too long. I've experienced matches like yesterday's far too often than I care to count. I think there is a big problem if you don't overreact, to be quite honest. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think definitely it's... uh, I think any fan of any club would have the same reaction to a 6-2 loss, especially in that context. Uh, I'm happy you've invited me on it so I can have a little rant about it. Okay. Because it's been bottled up for as much as I couldn't get on to Twitter with about 900 tweets in the last 12 hours. But Mm. it's, yeah, it's... Individually, we can, as you said, we can go through every goal, every missed attack, every misplaced pass, but we can do that for every game that we've exactly. played in the last exactly. month. And it's the same issues. And it all comes back to the same thing in that issue of we've got a lack of quality. And why do we have that lack of quality? It's a bigger picture than an individual. It's, it's the yeah. same thing for 15 years now. You can look at it like, of course, we can look at yesterday. The, the injuries didn't help. The and it, you can look for these. We'll, we'll call them excuses at the moment. Yeah, because come it's, on. Yeah, we. I mean, we call them alibis in, in Italy. You know, you 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 look for you look for a reason not to make more of it than what it actually is. But I, I'm sorry, the bigger mistake today would be to have an underreaction. I'm I'm fine with people overreacting today because. And and maybe you feel this way too. I have never experienced anything like Roma in my life uh, with other sports, you know, people, whatever you watch, NBA, uh, American football, whatever. When you see Roma, like, you just know when they're in meltdown mode, yeah? I, I mean, yeah. You, you see it. I have never experienced something quite like where Man, I, I'm not hoping that they don't lose. No, no. I'm hoping they don't make a historical loss. Yesterday, I sat there and I prayed to God, please don't make it seven. Please don't make it seven. I prayed and, to God that they wouldn't make a full sub after half time. It's, oh, f- well, it's, yeah. it's, I, I mean, it is, it is alarming that the, the, the level of, capitulation that this club consistently rolls out and you need no further proof guys it doesn't matter who the manager is it doesn't matter who the players are it's the same stuff it happens regardless of who's there there's something in the water there always has been I don't even want to I mean the environment stuff I, I don't have the strength today to dive too deep into the ambiente. I'm assuming at some point we'll have, I mean, it's inevitable that, that it does get brought up at least to a certain extent in, in yesterday's context. But I, I just, I, I feel like the wrong thing today would be to not have a strong enough reaction. Um, you need to overreact. And I could tell you, I won't read the full the full message. Let me just read you a bit of what uh, one of Friedkin's legal advisors said. So 
For those of you who don't know, Friedkin, they flew to the UK early ahead of the match. A couple of days early, they met in London at the London office, which they're probably going to stop using in the next year or so. Um, they're they're, they're going to move the headquarters from there. But Friedkin, uh, two of the board members, Williamson, Watts, they were present. Ryan Friedkin evading the press of <laughs> Dile Taleota. <laughs> Uh, we, of course, if you want to touch upon that, we, 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 can, we can surely go there. But let me just read to you one of the messages that Friedkin's legal advisor said to me. So yesterday, directly after, well, not directly after, about an hour, 90 minutes after the result, after full time, I messaged him and I just said, how are they feeling? Referring to Dan and Ryan Friedkin. Here was part of his response. And I, again, this is just an excerpt. I, there's some stuff I don't want to say, but he said, he joked with us and asked about a return policy. Ha ha. Now, people are going to take that literally. Clearly a joke, okay? Clearly, clearly a joke. But he added to that. He says, we knew it for a while, but this place is filled with a loser mentality. From people in the marketing group to others. By others, he didn't, well, he didn't say others. He put a name, but I don't want to say who it is. And then he ended it with saying, Self, self-absorbed individuals everywhere. And I feel like you could, even though in this context he was referring to a, a broad group uh, for the most part, even though he didn't name individuals in that message, I feel like that is sort of like an all-encompassing message that is a good summation of how maybe the outside world who don't follow the Roma on a daily basis feels, I, I don't know. I, I mean, how, how are you feeling right now? Because I, I, ha, have you ever had it with to this degree where you're just, I mean, you, you know when the meltdown is happening. We know it. Nobody has to tell us. We see it. And again, I mean, to be in a position where you're not hoping for a team to recover, we're hoping for them not to embarrass us I just, I, I am evade, words evade me at the moment. I, I can't believe this happens time and time again. And once more, it doesn't even matter who the manager is. I, I mean, this is a environment. This is an attitude. There, there's so many reasons behind it, but I, I, I guess I'm just, I'm getting this out there to sort of further broaden and people hate when I talk about the ambiente. They hate when I talk about the environment because it's an overused thing. But you know what? It's real. Whether you want to embrace it or not, man, it, it's real. Yeah, it's in the how it's there's definitely a bigger picture issue here than definitely the players, the manager, because it's all changed. And then you go back to the seven one with Fiorentina, even though that team was dreadful. Uh, then you've got the seven one with Bayern. You've got I mean, you lost to Barca six one or five one or whenever they were, and then the Man United one in oh seven that was seven one again. It's change of players, change of manager, change of directors, change of owners, and something seems to yeah, remain. The more they Is change, it... the more they stay the same. Yeah, it's it's quite telling what you've what you read out from the Friedkin group of what he said and. Yeah, and as to reiterate, they... yeah, hold on. People are going to take this out of context completely, <laughs> and and I know after I if, if this if I don't edit this out, the guy's going to message me. 
it was a joke. The whole thing about a return policy, <laughs> a joke, a jest. It wasn't real. I, I oh my God, I, I, I know uh, Andrea from, from Plati, uh, Plati in Rome. He's going he's to listen to this and he's, he's going to put it through a translator and it's going to come out wrong. It was, a, he was, it was said in jest. Said in jest. One of the journalists is going to nick it and put it on the front of their paper tomorrow. Yeah, right. Wouldn't be the first time. But yeah, I, I mean. And, and maybe you could sympathize a little more, and I don't mean this to, as an insult, but you're a Spurs fan, so it's not as if, too, you, you have a, another club that you can sort of rely on to cover yourself <laughs> and what it, you know, remembers, uh, what it, you know, what it feels like to to, to bathe in, in the feeling of glory. But there's a difference between, you know, not winning things, and then there's just what we saw last night, just the total collapse of character mentality ability and the weird thing is too luke i i don't even know if it's they gave up it's just they 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 lose their heads to a degree that i didn't even know was was possible yeah it's you saw with psg against the uh, man city when they went mm. uh, two goals uh, two when it went two one and that's what i'd call losing their head they just kind of when uh gay got sent off and like if you fly around the pitch, just kick in whoever you can. It's that that's fair enough as losing your head. For us, it would just look like the players are gassed out completely. They just look like they'd given up. Just look like I, I hired, as we said, maybe not focusing on the individuals too much, but for their third guard, what I highlighted it, it's comes from uh, Ibanez running out from the back, playing a ball. He sw- he switches it to Luke Shaw. And then he waves his arm in you, flicks his head back, and then he just starts walking back. And it's you're playing the biggest game of your life. He's never played on a stage like this. He was he was you're nearly shipped off to yeah. Bologna or the MLS uh, eighteen months ago, and now he's playing at Old Trafford in a European semi final, and he's making a mistake and then just throwing his arms in the air and strolling back. It's right, right. Same happened last year with that Sevilla game. That's that's. Oh, this this was dreadful, but that severe game last year just absolutely took everything out of me. Just watching that, and because there was times when there was, I think for their second goal, it was the Awar and Mancini got oh. walking back, and then their yes. striker managed to run past them on the halfway line. And it's it's just an attitude thing. It's like you've made the same mistakes once. Someone's pointed that out to you. Is it two? You're in the biggest stage of your career so far. Probably more than half of our team, looking at how shit they are, won't get near a stage like this again. So you think you give it give it your all. And just like all the other big games, the derby and stuff, the players look like they're, they don't know what a bit of motivation looks like. And Again, I, I do think it misses the point to discuss individual mistakes. But I mean, the level of errors that this team is capable of. I cannot believe what happened to Chris Smalling yesterday. I have never seen somebody look so out of sorts. I'm sorry. You can give him the excuse of the injury. That's fine. Okay. How many times was he caught out? That I'm telling you, that goal right after halftime where they are split wide open. I have never seen a defensive line make the same mistake time and time and time. I am telling you, if you go watch Napoli and you go watch Atalanta, you will see that exact goal. Cristante, Smalling, split wide open, leaving themselves vulnerable. It's just maddening to me. 
maddening that you would think that for a team where most, I, I mean, you, you cited the Bonyas, okay? Listen, it's still a very, very young player. I am not going to purge him at all. I, I, I'm not. Who I will purge, though, Cristante. I'll purge Smalling, Mkhitaryan, Dzeko. I, I have never seen guys who, champions, I mean, uh, playing at the highest levels that exist in world football, but they come to Roma, man, and uh, they melt. They melt. It's astonishing to me that guys who you would think, all things considered, very smart, very high footballing IQ, these big matches, though, it's inexplicable the errors that they make. And I guess I wanted to ask you this. You know, we heard for the millionth time, Paolo Fonseca after the match. We'll get to him next. Because talk about a dead man walking. Oof. <laughs> I mean, the only thing he was uh, lacking yesterday was the, 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 the death shroud. That was the only thing he was missing from his attire. He had the hat on correctly. <laughs> um... We heard him once again. Uh, individual mistakes, blah, 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 blah. You know, at what point do these collective individual mistakes, match after match after match, uh, you know, at what point does the manager factor into these? Because I have a feeling that he, he, he just can't keep saying individual mistakes because it's not, it's not that simple anymore. It, it really isn't, to me at least. Maybe you disagree. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, the rep- how much they've repeat after game after game after game it seems like we can go back to through the 40 odd games we've played this season and look at 15 different goalkeeping mistakes mm. from Lopez oh. or Mirante or... I was I was about to say how do you feel about Antonio Mirante oh. a, a big hug to um <laughs> Ivan Zazzaroni, who's the, the, um, the editor of Corriere dello Sport, he went on a local Rome radio station two weeks ago, uh, Rete Sport, and he gave an interview, and he said there was a backlash in the Roma dressing room because Tiago Pinto revoked a renewal offer to Antonio Mirante. And later in this interview, he said, for me, this is a huge mistake. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, a huge mistake. He's just declined. So he had that first season when we signed him and Olsen went off the boil when he, I don't think he was ever boiling Olsen. It was, <laughs> he was just, he just, when he got dropped, let's say, when Di Francesco left. And he had that Real Madrid game and that, I, I'm, con- <laughs> I'm convinced it's the worst thing that ever happened to him because he, he fooled us into thinking he had some ability. Yeah, that was, to be Remember fair, that? If, oh my if you want match. if you want to make, this season or this period feel any better. You can think back to that last Di Francesco season because that was that was something special with Nzonzi, Pastore and that was a dreadful side. But yeah, you had you look Morante looked like oh okay, maybe he was found some drunk from the fountain of youth or something. Because he looked he looked like a starting goalkeeper for us and then he did. Next, he and did. Then we got then we got Lopez and... Well, there was the... talk not even getting Lopez, yeah? No. Run it back with Mirante. Yeah, and then we had... When he forgot how to catch a ball in January, mm. it was... Or Perry, my word, that was... Oh. 
And then it was awful. And then you got you got Marante coming in, who did all right again. And then it's like that, there was that intergame last season when mm. we drew nil nil at the December nineteen twenty season. And uh, I remember he came in and he played really well, stopped, kept yes. a clean sheet, and he did really well again through Kaku and stuff. And then all of a sudden this season, when Lopez carried on being as bad as he was at the start of it, you've got Mirante coming in and you've got mm. the Atalanta game, the Napoli game, and then this one where it's, it's at least two mistakes leading to a goal in it. And it's, and, um, it's but yeah, and then, then we could. Not only the goalkeepers we're talking about, and then you've got the defence. Oh, it feels God. like it likes to make a mistake each game. Like, you've got all the youngs. Like, if I'm being critical of Ibanez or other players like VR and stuff, it's, it comes more from a place of having an expectation or wanting them to do well. Like, sure, uh, sure. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Listen, I, I'm not saying he's 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 um, he's free of any criticism. I'm just saying I have a much higher expectation from somebody like Smalling than I do Ibanez. That's all. Definitely, I definitely. It's just look with when you want someone to do well, it's kind of like oh, it's when they make that mistake, and then you know, as you said, with the environment we're in, you know, it's just going to become toxic for them or sure. you just know if they make that one mistake if if I make one criticism you know it's going to be slapped all over the newspapers in Italy or all over Twitter right. If, right. and then but then it's because I was discussing it with a few different people about the fact of there has been so many mistakes and some of them have been truly dreadful from players and you look at the Ajax game and you think about when Lopez passed the ball out twice mm. And then nearly lost it, and then when Ibanez gave away the penalty, and then and then like when Ibanez did it yesterday, when he ne- when he just gave the ball to Cavani, and is is there something Fonseca could do more? Maybe is it a concentration thing? Maybe I think I think more than anything, it will come on, on Fonseca. It would come back to the uh, motivation part of it. Can he? Can he just not motivate these players? Can he not allow force them to concentrate on these big games? Because tactically, you can't. He, they're, they're professional footballers. He's not going to be able to reconstruct how they pass a ball or how they think to an extent. It's No, I, I agree with that. It just seems like there's a mental block on these players. And if you put that down to the manager being the one who should correct it, then maybe he should. Because he obviously has, as much as I'm a fan of him, and I think he's been given a dreadful, been put in a dreadful position, and really, especially from the start of this season, he's been put in a position to fail. Sure, um, I agree with but that. But he obviously has his flaws, and oh, but, he's well, said it himself that he's learned a lot in these two years in Italy. So I think he'll take it as a bit of a positive. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. I, I, I guess, okay, he's learned, but 
I haven't really seen him seen him implement m- much different. I guess, like, because I read that full interview, I go, "My gosh, he's talking about all these things that he's learned. He can't play this way." I mean, beyond initially moving from four at the back to three, has he really altered their game to the point where you think, "Okay, now he understands." That's the part that sort of puzzled me when I read him talking about that. Yeah, it's. He showed a good understanding on a, a mental part and like just understanding the ideas and stuff. But I think the biggest thing for a manager is the ones that can understand those details, understand those ways, and then implementing that into a, the team and getting your players to understand it. it. Seems like potentially something he struggled with. But then you also got the thing of. When he joined for the, those first four months, five months, when we played that back four, we were we got into January in the top four, so it's right. looking good again. And then we had that January last season when everything started going wrong. And the, uh, what happens there? Does because he's not going to nothing's changed coaching terms. I imagine if it's going right, he's not going to change it. And then finally, after the pandemic, the lockdown, the pandemic, we went to that back three, started working again, and then it got to. March again this year or whatever, and probably down to playing twice a week, being getting into the knockout rounds of Europe. It was not sustainable, but then it just seemed like the team just dropped off again, forgot how to play the game it was playing at one point in the season, and then Fonseca lose something. Maybe I remember you saying about if he hasn't, if his entourage was saying about him not being contacted or feeling supported, or maybe he just has lost lost a bit of motivation or any sort of interest in it because he if you know you're going it's yeah right it's hard for him to want to I'd imagine knowing that you're not going to be there next season especially for the league why would you really care that much about the future of the club or like playing any youngsters giving them time it'd just be just a bit of a state at the moment I'm I'm writing something right now for me from my perspective, I think Roma needs to completely flip the way they viewed the market in the past. You know what kind of summer I want? I want the kind of summer that they had in 2013. Bring in young players who are viewing Roma as a step up. Stop bringing older players who washed on at Manchester City, Premier League clubs, the Bayern Munich, the, the, the Real Madrid. Stop. They don't view you as a step forward. They don't. For me, you're gaining nothing by getting those players other than a short-term gain. See, the reason why Jekko gave us two to three really good years was because he was hardly playing. He wanted to show that he was still at an incredibly high level. He was, what, 27, 28? The last two to three seasons, I mean, he couldn't be arsed to do anything. And you know why? He's earning seven and a half million euros net. I mean, come on. He doesn't have that drive anymore. Mkhitaryan, ah, maybe he he still has that drive to play at an incredibly high level. But then you also, as you, you said, you have to factor in the age. I mean, he was injured more than he was available this season. And then you have Pedro, who now that, that deal is just, it cannot be defended. It can't be defended. And... It's alarming. Oh, my God. How many more years of this? Oh, there's two more years. It was a two-year, or I'm sorry, it was a three-year contract. 
Whoa, not good. I guess from your perspective then, is that what has to change? Where you're signing somebody like Kevin Strootman, somebody who views Roma as a step forward, he's motivated, they're coming here with a lot of hunger, they're coming not only to prove something, and I, I know this, this rubs people the wrong way, but to potentially get that big move, because a lot of people think, and this just goes to show you the stupidity of the Roman environment, there's a reason why, many, well, it's usually the same morons who ask it in these press conferences that we're in. Do you view Roma as a destination, you know, as as a point of arrival or a stepping stone? It gets asked to every player who arrives, and I said it a few episodes ago, there's no right answer. So to any players listening to this who might be coming to Roma this summer, just don't answer that question. Does A, it does not have a right answer, and B, I couldn't care less how you viewed it because it doesn't matter as long as you're doing well for Roma. Anyway, I, I just think you compl- have to completely flip the way you view player recruitment because you can't keep doing this with the older players. You can't. Definitely. I, I think you need a repeat of 2013. I know he wasn't that effective, but even a guy like Yai Chu was eager to not only play, but get the hell out of Fiorentina after uh, getting getting choked <laughs> out by his own manager, okay? Now, when he came to Roma, actually, alarmingly, I think he was the top goal scorer in 2014-2015 when we didn't have a single yeah, double-digit goal score. Oh, him, word. Him and Totti. Oh, both, both on eight, I think. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, it, it's that type of profile, okay? Um, you need to get players like that. If they could sign 100 Strootmans, who was it? Wasn't it Terossi who said, I would sign 11 Cristantes if I could? No, I would <laughs> sign 11 Strootmans. I would sign 11 Strootmans this summer if I could. That's what I would want, that profile. Definitely. You look at that, as you said, that season, you get someone like Kevin from PSV. He was, wasn't really young, was he? I think he was like 23. Or... Yeah, something like that. But you could tell when it's... People will always complain saying about when you say about signing young players or having a focus on young players, your younger project, you'll they'll bring up your the likes of a Cliver or that. But when 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 signing a player, you're as a director or something, you well for me personally, you you'd want to meet them, you'd want to talk to them. You talk to someone like Strutman, you see what kind of personality he has. Exactly. He's a, he's a leader. He's a, someone that could mould into something. You look at someone like Cliver and he's appearing in his mate's rapping video. Or I was about to say, something. yeah, he's, a, um, he's, the, he's the, 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 the Barbie doll on Instagram uh, trying to do horrible rap. By the way, that video was awful. <laughs> if anybody, go, go to YouTube if, if you don't know what he's referring to. It is awful. It's, but it's, it's even with him that it's ironic now because... When he was at Ajax and he was at Rome, he has a like a best friend called uh, Noah Lang, and uh, he's a player as well. When he he kind of struggled at Ajax to get into the first team because he uh, he had a shit attitude, and uh, he's gone on loan in Belgium now, and he's kind of killing it there, and he's probably a better prospect than Cliver is now. But well, got- I mean, if Nagelsmann isn't willing to give you. I mean, if you blow it with him, I mean, he'll give any young player worth uh, worth their worth their stuff. Yeah, he'll give no anybody a chance. There's no better club to be at for someone like him than Leipzig. You look at some of their players, and they've, they're all young. Some of that, some look like dickheads, and you think he'd settle in quite well there, but that seems to not work. And 
we're going to have to have him back and see if the new manager gives him a go. And, oh, gosh. Just just in general, it's going back to the, to the main point. It is a, the, the club's going to need to go back to a, a policy or something just where we can't have even one sign-in a summer where it's it's going to be someone in, as the profile as Pedro. I don't no. even on a on a free. It's the wages though. It's as well. It's everything. You're taking you're taking someone who if you're paying someone three million a year to go and live in Rome, they're going to bite your hand off. Who's not oh, going right. to want to live in Rome? Or people, you've got to realize they're not coming for the club. They why is Pedro going to want to come to Roma if if you picked up Roma and stuck it in as a club and stuck it in? Awesome somewhere else in Italy he's not gonna that's not as nice he's not gonna have he's probably not gonna join it it's we we get sucked into this thing of viewing your own club I think every fan probably does it to an extent of viewing their club as bigger than what they are and we can't do that we look at when we were the best we have been in recent years and you you're looking at where we signed players from, like Pjanic, you're picking him up from Leon for 12 mil as a young product. You're picking up Nangolan, Hungary from Cagliari, big step up for him. Strutman, big step up for him. Uh, all the centre-backs we've had, Marquinhos giving him a chance, Benatia coming from Udinese, Manolas from Olympiakos, Rudiger from Stuttgart. You're, you're picking up these players from these clubs that are smaller than us, you're giving them a big step up. And I don't care if they view us as a stepping stone. It's, it's yeah, churn them out. That. You're right, right. Get one in, and then if he wants to go, take the 30, 40 mil, and then have a... have. This is where it leads back to it. The club needs a form of recruitment, a system in place where it can... Oh, it doesn't matter that our starting centre-back's gone for 40 mil because we're going to bring someone else in for 25 mil, the next big young youth product. You look at, like... I'm sorry to refer back to him for most Roma fans, but you look at like Sevilla, what they've done over the years, and they lose a centre back, and then they bring in someone like Kunde for like 22 mil, who they're going to sell for like 80 mil. They'll happily sell him for 80 mil because they'll have someone else lined up. Leipzig have done it. They're, they're losing Nagelsmann, and they're bringing in Jesse Marsh, excited young manager, and then they're losing both their starting centre backs. And they already signed two new centre backs last summer and in January because that because it's a well-run club. It's prepared for what it is. We ever since Sabatini left, and even though it wasn't all great with him, when you went to Monkey and Petrarchi, maybe the the market inflation and all of that, but we started spending over twenty mil on players regularly, and that's not what we but it's not what we were about. It's not what we should be doing because. We don't have the financial capability to be spending 30, 40 mil on, even 20, 30 mil on a useless player that's going to not get any better because they're 32 years old. We just need to realise what kind of club we are. We're not a, we're never going to become a, a Man City, even, or a PSG, unless um, oil prince comes and buys us or something. We're going to... We need to aspire to become like a Dortmund or a Sevilla or Leipzig because consistent Champions League football, having some young, exciting players coming through us, and then they're always going to want to leave to go on to the 
biggest stage possible. And at the end of the day, that's what a club like Roma wants. We, everyone thinks back to Salah and like Allison going to Liverpool. We could enjoy them for a season or two because they were that good. And if they're that good, they're always going to want to go. If if you want to enjoy a player for five, six years, they're going to be like your Cristantes. And no one's going to enjoy that. So it's just a change in vision for the club, change in project, change in mentality. And that, that's going to have to come from the Freakins down to Pinto. And many fans won't like it because everyone's interested in the now and the tomorrow and next season or don't care about the season after. Uh, but th- they're just going to have to potentially open their open their mouths, talk to the fans for once saying, this is what we're doing. This is what it's going to be like for the next four or five years. Get behind it or piss off. It's... <laughs> we can't carry on like we have for the last... 13, 14 years it feels because as I was saying earlier it's Atalanta, if they finish in the top four this year, that's the third consecutive Champions League for them we haven't done that since 2006, or something And the money from the Champions League is what a club like us will need to solidify itself as a biggish club or bigger than we have been I think people are going to view this as uh is maybe overly negative, but I I think these are some of the difficult conversations that need to be had. So to conclude here then, where are you right now with the team, with the squad, manager included? And I I guess if you want to potentially entertain the notion of Maurizio Sarri arriving, that's fine. Um, But I guess when you just look at the team in its entirety, I don't know about you, but yesterday I felt a whole lot worse than maybe I did at any other point in the season because it, it, it just sort of reinforced that this team really has a lot of uh, a lot of holes that need to be filled and resolved immediately. Yeah, it's after a game like that, looking at some of the performances, and it always amplifies the performance before, the performance before that, or any of the bad performances this season. But I don't think it's really much of an overreaction to call this squad especially very shy. It's, it doesn't have too much to offer. It's You've got a few good players that I think at their best are good players. We've got no one that's a difference maker. We've got a lot of players that are older, on the decline. And for me, yesterday, show that they don't offer enough leadership or the leadership that you'd want from players of that age. And then you also have younger players who need time to grow. And that's fair. And hopefully we'll give them time to grow. Hopefully we bring in a manager that will give them that time to grow and give them the game time give them the confidence to do what they do and then that has to be backed up by Pinto and the free kids giving, allowing them time, making that the vision of the club because that's also something I'll just mention quickly about Fonseca and you, we can always debate tactically or just in a general sense of if he's done good, could he go on to do better than us, has he learnt a lot but 
I think one of the things that he definitely will have to learn from is his man management and the way he's spoke about some players or as much as how much you believe what some of the journalists report and stuff, it's his clashes and stuff. And it's obvious that you had problems with the likes of Florenzi, Dzeko, and then there's even potentially Pedro and stuff. But also what he's done with Cliver and Under. And look, there's no doubt watching them two in the past for us hasn't been the most exciting or have been mostly frustrating watching those two try and take stuff on. But for a club like Roma, you'd guess it would make more sense for us to give them a... No matter how bad they have been for the season before or the season before that, you give Under and Cliver another chance this season over signing players like Pedro and El Shirati just for the fact that Neither of them two are going to get any better. Cliver and Under are at least young and they're sitting on your book with a heavy value and hopefully you'd at least need to reclaim some resale value. So for the club, it probably makes more sense to stick with those players and have them on. But then it seems like Fonseca lost complete trust in them or didn't want them. And then that's when the issue starts. That's when you should get a manager that maybe we'll be prepared to give these uh, these kids a chance no matter what. But then it also leads back to having owners and a director that gives them the chance because the environment doesn't seem like it it will. So then they need to feel backed by those in charge. And then it's... With, I think Fonseca has to go no matter what now. It's, I think that's done. That's, it, it was never going to work, never looked like it was going to work this time. Last season, even looked like it. He could have been going at the end of the season. In September, it looked like it was just he was just carrying the team, dragging the team over the finish line until his contract was up. Looked like that time came. Season started off all right. We were sitting in top four. Maybe got carried away a bit, as as fans always will. But I think the reality's come now that there's clearly issues there with him and on his own level as a manager, and then. Also, his relationship with the players and those in charge. No, no chance of anything continuing. Both go our separate ways. And then it's, who do we bring in? Do we go and get Saudi? Like, like that's been spoke about. He'll come in. It, what's going to change, though? The change is bigger. Yeah. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Very quickly, because we're, we're going to get into the building blocks and the foundations of this team moving forward, where we think everything is at. Very quickly, though, let's get to this weekend's edition of the Falcona Forecast. All right, we are back now. It's another edition of the Falcona Forecast. Does the forecast factor in not giving the slightest shit, Matt? Like, can it predict how Roma cannot even be remotely arsed? Uh, because I, I cannot, it frightens me that if 
in their previous league matches they were carrying. Um, I, I dread to think what these last handful of matches could look like. No, well, I mean, to start out with, I, you know, the forecast is not is not a, a, a psychologist, but mm. um, I'm 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 still I'm still looking for that those data points that you know <laughs> maybe we start talking to the team uh, therapists um, and start getting some data points on the team's mentality and mm. factoring that in because I I totally agree with you if the team was carrying against uh, in these last couple of games like Torino like you know I'm not sure what what's gonna happen but you know it shows up in the data. And these poor performances show up, and eventually they um, they affect the results. So for this this week, we actually have Sampdoria as the favorite. The forecast is projecting as a favorite. So you know maybe we're not uh, factoring in how much they care about this team or how much they're going to try. But I think the the underlying data shows that this team is in is is in decline, and our season's really pretty much over. I hate to be that depressing, but. You know, we got Sampdoria with a 41% chance to win. You wouldn't be saying that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this season is over. I, I People are saying, well, the only thing left is maybe we can get a glimpse of Zaniolo. I think you would have to be the moron of morons to be pushing or clamoring for that. He's not I going agree. to be ready for the Euro. So there's absolutely zero point other than maybe getting him a, a, a small run in these last two weeks. Beyond that, no, uh, no, I, it, I, I can't even it, believe it, it would takes, be entertained. It takes one head case, you know, midfielder to to slide in and you know ruin all the progress he's made over the past you know, year and a half or so. So I'm totally with you. Like, just have him sit sit in his bed on Instagram for the next you know month or two. Mm, he can well, watch the Euros worse, from home. Considering, well, <laughs> I mean, you, I don't think you're gonna stop him. From uh from from Dune that and like we don't have to get into his his drama but you know I, I I hope you know all things considered we've 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 missed him for the past year and a half I want him 100% healthy you know with the new manager coming in I want a full off season for him with no setbacks so that he can hit the ground running uh, oh. going into next year hopefully I mean fingers crossed yeah <laughs> beyond that I yeah there's really not much I'm. I, I can't say there's really anything I'm dying to see in these last handful of matches, but what about throughout the rest of the city? Uh, is there really anything interesting? Now, look, you you kind of have to think about you have to look at the table for every game and see okay who's got the motivating factors. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna point out a couple games here where I I think it's really important to look at that. Like so, Verona Spezia, the first game up on the docket. You know, Spezia they've they've been struggling in the past month and a half. And they're right there in the rel- like they're right back in the relegation battle, while Verona are really have nothing to play for, um, and that's that's reflected in the in the gambling lines. You know, it's I have I have Verona as a, like a sixty six percent chance to win, but Spezia um, are given a little bit more credit by the bookmakers because they might have that um, that motivating factor behind them to to stay up. Um, now that being said, Spezia has been terrible for the past like two months, and I, I think the yeah. Vincenzo Italiano experiment, I think that's over. <laughs> Be, I mean, beyond, I mean, really, European places other than the <laughs> other than the last Champions League place, essentially, uh, and whatever this stupid third competition is, I, I can't even believe at some point we're going to have to grapple with this reality that there's a, a third European competition, something that nobody, literally nobody asked for this. Nobody. Mm-hmm. 
for, is that essentially what you're looking at for the rest of the year? You're basically just determining, and the lines are going to reflect this, I assume, that basically, yeah. okay, who cares slightly more? Okay, they're the favorite. I, I have to imagine, because everybody else, I, I mean, all but one relegation place is is wrapped up. Again, European places for the most part wrapped up. Um, I mean, it's so hard to judge all of this. For you, though, before we go, though, mm-hmm. I just said, I, I finishing seventh, let, let Sassuolo, Roma, let them get in. Let them get in. Yeah. Make this a repeat of the summer of 2013. You do not have the need to be in a European competition. You don't, Okay. I, um, I agree, and and I, and I don't think our manager next year is going to want to do that. Like, no, like want to no. implement the new system, have have a week to prepare for every game, not not be flying to like Estonia to play some you know like ice fishermen out right. there on exactly. like a Tuesday afternoon. Like we like we don't want to do that. No, correct. Nobody wants to do that. So my question for you is, and I'm putting you on the spot, but if you look at the the, the ties that are remaining, and I'm not. Obviously, the, the 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 forecast I assume isn't predicting two, three, four matches ahead of time. But is there any realistic hope that Roma can drop down one more place, thereby avoiding this nonsensical Conference League? Is that the that is the name of it, Conference League? Again, nobody asked for this. I, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm not I'm not um, you know spending any ener- uh, brain energy on trying to figure out what that is or trying to figure out how to how people qualify for or what it means i'm just gonna i'll just i'll watch i might not even watch the games if they come across my tv but so looking forward we've got crotone that's that's winnable unfortunately we have we have have an an inter team that's already gonna have the title wrapped up probably by this weekend that's winnable we have lot we have lazio probably that's gonna be a certain loss i think because they're still gonna be fighting for a spot and then Spezia could be fighting for relegation. So, you know, we'll see what the forecast has going forward. I mean, I, I think we're going to be a favor against Crotone for sure. And then Inter and Lazio probably definitely going to be the underdogs there. But um, I, I don't know, John. Oh, no. I, and, and, and this weekend oh, we have no. Sassuolo is playing at Delanta. Right. Uh, I, I, you know, Sassuolo has got to come through, but oh, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tight. So get... Yeah, hold oh on, my hold gosh! On to your seat. Book your plane tickets, everybody, to Estonia. This ought to be fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Ugh. I I heard I heard Tallinn is beautiful in February, mm. John. Yeah, just make sure I, you got your parka packed. The prospect of Roma having to realistically even exude even the smallest amount of energy for this competition would it it, it terrifies me and it's mm-hmm. it irks me. It irks me because again, nobody asked asked for this. Nobody did. This is why I, I had a difficult time sympathizing with you away for the last week. But nonetheless, that's where we're at. Um, what else before we go? Any any other interesting lines from a gambling perspective at all in this city? Yeah, I, I, I mean, let's see. I mean, again, like we said, it, it's it's going to be a little hairy just just betting on these games because you know that you know we got Fiorentina back in the relegation battle if if they're playing like a mid-table team i mean i i could see fiorentina kind of having that wink wink nod nod Mm. and and making sure they stay up so i mean 
the line is reflecting that in the Bologna game. Uh, the forecast has Bologna as like a huge, huge favorite, while Fiorentina is a slight favorite in the, uh, uh, from the bookies. So I'm thinking that might be one of those situations because normally I think Bologna would be at least the um, a slight favorite there. So look out for that game. That could get interesting, but I still have Bologna at like two to one odds right now to win, which I think is is good enough to to maybe throw a couple bucks at it. Um, Napoli, the Napoli game, um, that's interesting because they're both fighting for, for a spot on either end of the table and they're both really hot right now. Um, I think if you're looking at the Napoli game, Napoli is definitely going to win that game. Um, and there's gonna be some goals, I think. So I have in the, on my blog, Napoli to win and over two and a half goals parlay, like about even odds. I like that one as well. So there's some interesting games, I think, but again, you just have to make sure that you got to look behind the scenes and see some teams are going to be, you know, snooze and they're going to be like, look at the lineups, make, you know, see if they're playing players from, you know, East Romania that you've never heard of or something like that, or their youth team players. Um, Make sure they're actually trying to win the games before you bet on them. My word. All right. Well, this is going to be interesting, especially from a Roman perspective. Now, of course we, the best part is this is at least a distraction from the, from everything else we just talked about for the past, like 15 minutes. Like at least we can gamble on some games and still be interested on our, on our Saturday afternoons, you know, and and don't think about what just happened Thursday. Right. And also thank you that there is the Euro upcoming that at least gives us something additional to potentially bet on the the, Mm. the late summer is always the worst from a gambling perspective in my opinion i don't watch baseball so just the idea of gambling on baseball i get a physical reaction from that (laughs) for me i can't do it Um, i I don't blame you i definitely don't do that I, i i was doing that when there was the only sport on and i lost so much money like I, I can't do it anymore. I, I'm, I'm done with that. So yeah, let's stick to the Euros, which is coming up. It's pretty soon, actually. We're right. like a month or two away. So We need the distraction. Okay. Falcona forecast. Thank you. All right. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. I, I just, I struggle to see how this summer you avoid. I, I mean, I, I, I don't even know if bringing uh five in five out i don't even know if that would be anywhere close to enough it almost feels like 10 out 10 in i i just struggle to see beyond a few names where there is a very evident bright spot there's not even a bright department in the pitch i, I mean if we're, if we're talking about like exciting youngsters a, a defender a couple midfielders and zaniolo beyond that i mean what are we what are we building from here what are the building blocks yeah it's, there's not a lot of, the team just looks like it's been you can tell it's been put together by two or three different sporting directors right almost two like different ownerships yeah. f- four or five different managers it's it's a team that doesn't really have an identity it's a club that doesn't have an identity club that did, has hasn't had a vision for as long as I've been supporting it just seems get by year by year doing this, doing that, selling that, replacing him, selling him, replacing him, selling him, replacing him. And you're at a point now where you've got new owners, you've got a new director that you've pulled from obscurity, got him out of Benfica when he wasn't one of them, the face of it really. So you're, 
you've clearly got something that you're trying to do and just hope it works because as you said it's if we're getting sadly it's you're at least using once this first season to make as many transfers as you can put right. a bit of a team together but most of it won't be cleaned up until the season after so then you've got because as you said it we really do need 10 out 10 in and you can't do that in one season so it's gonna take at least Why two seasons I- well, and then I also think, too, I mean, we're assuming that guys would even want to remain. I, I mean, I think if, if Giuffredi gives a single, if he gives another interview about Napoli-Roma, I just make it to the point, just let, just let Veretout go. I, I can't take it. But in all seriousness, I mean, why would a guy like Veretout want to stay? I've said that. If he has a, an offer from a Napoli, for example, you'd, you'd happily take it, especially if they get top four. He'd be pushing exactly. for the move if From he was him or yeah. someone else. or Because what's he now? 40, uh, 40, 28, 29? Or... Right. He's getting yeah, on, he's... so he's not going to... He's not as like a, a VR or a Banyard can wait around, give it two seasons, and if we're still not gone anywhere, they can still move on. It's, it's very too never played in a Champions League game at the age of 28, 29. If there's an offer there, he's going to want to take it and... We've arguably lost one of our better players, and I don't. I'm not, I'm on the of the opinion that other than Zaniolo, depending on his knees, he's still a bit of a question mark. But any anyone in this team, I I wouldn't, especially that older players that are on, let's say under twenty five or whatever. I'm not. I'm not too bothered about if they were to go like a like a Veratu and a Spinazzola. They've offered something this season. They've done well, but if it came to if both of them like ended up leaving for a Napoli and an Inter, I wouldn't. I'd see it as more as a as a great opportunity for a lot of money coming in, and you're able to reinvest it into a a squad and a team that maybe has a a new identity. As we said, you can buy your young midfielder, a young centre back, a a young striker to replace Jeko and. You can build something with that money instead of maybe having a two twenty-eight year olds who are stay for two years and then start to decline because both are very physical, athletic players. And I don't, I just, I find it hard to see how people are expecting us to like snap our fingers in one summer and then we're looking no, like prime Saudi Napoli. And right, it's not gonna. That's why I've suggested in the past the best fit for this team is the uh, Juric from Verona. But mm. I don't. People might say, "Oh, it's another experiment. He's not good." And you look at that style of football where him and Gasparini play, and you look what he's done for Atalanta and their average players that have now become very good players. And that style, and you look at the players we've signed. You got Kambula. Mancini, Ibanez, all coming from Atalanta. Cristante could maybe go back up into that role. You've got arguably players that I think he'd be the easiest transition. We'd pick him up and you've got a team that could basically slot into what he wants. And I think maybe while we try and rebuild, that would be better than going, oh, we need someone. We need a biggish name. Okay, let's get Sarri in. Oh, he wants to play this kind of football. Okay, let's try and try fitting uh, square pegs into round holes, kind of, with a lot of our players because we're 
where does Cristante go now? Pushing back into midfield. If we have another injury crisis, like we have this season at the back and we're playing a back four, what's that Fazio starting in 2022 right. for us? Right. But there's so much that I feel that's wrong at the club at the moment. Not not the Freakins' fault or Pinto's or that's already been there and they inherited this. But we all get distracted talking about oh, who's going to be the next manager, exactly. oh, who's going to be. Who's going to replace Jekko? Who's going to replace that? We've we've replaced managers before. We replaced Garcia with Spilletti. We replaced the Dumbia with Jekko or whatever. And you fast forward five years and we're having the same discussion because we've got to replace Jekko now, and the club's not in a and the club's in a worse state than it was. So we can't attract any better players than when we signed him in the first place and. It's just in my time from my first season and like properly watching us scrolling through social media, finding out everything was the 13 14 season, as you were saying about it was exciting. We were signing players, but fast forward eight years, and I feel like we've just gone backwards. We haven't, mm-hmm. we haven't moved forward, and I don't want to be coming on here in another eight years' time. And we're talking about oh, some new owners brought us and. Hopefully, these are the ones that to change it around. It's just something as fans to latch on to, hold on to, and have hope about a better future than the present and the past, really. Oh, grim stuff indeed. My <laughs> word. Okay, let's just end it there before the dirt starts getting thrown onto the tomb now. Well, this is, I won't say this has been fun, but this has at least <laughs> been an opportunity for us to vent a bit. So hopefully... Therapy. All, yeah, right. A little bit of therapy. Hopefully all of you are feeling a bit better. We will talk with you sometime next week. I can't even believe that there's a league matchup coming. Of course... <laughs> I don't think anybody cares about that, but we will uh, we will be back next week. So thank you for tuning in. Ciao. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.